Hello, I'm Drew Brias. This podcast is basically conversations that I have with people about what it is to be a brown person in this city and our different narratives. What do I mean by brown? Anybody who identifies as Latino, Latina, Chicano, Chicano, Latinx, Caribbean, Afro-Latinos, and anyone who identifies as a person of color. This is Being Brown in L.A. All right, guys, welcome back. This is Being Brown in L.A. And today, our guest is Ruby. She's better known as... Mr. B-Baby. Mr. B-Baby. And Mr. B-Baby... Tell us who you are and what you do. Um, I'm Mr. B-Baby. I'm an artist and a muralist residing in Los Angeles, California. Now, Ruby, where are you originally from? I'm originally from San Diego, Chula Vista. Chula Vista. There Mm -hmm. you go. Okay. But then you've been also living back and forth in L.A. uh, Right. At different places and different times. I do remember when you first came to L.A., you had a show. Remember that night? Can you talk about that? Oh, I remember that night. I had a show, it was a solo show, and I, the owner of, what was it called again? Um, Espacio. 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 Yeah, he kind of just on a gamble, like, gave me a show because he liked what I was doing, and I was really excited about it, but when I, I mean, it was a great show and stuff, but it didn't have much of a turnout, like, there was nobody there at all. I think maybe, like, five people showed up to that, so that was my first experience. I but, was there. Yep, yep, you were. <laughs> and I also bought a piece, and I was lucky enough to get it before it got hot. Um, but look at you now. You're everywhere. You do murals. You do paintings. You do custom jobs. Mm-hmm. You have gone from the moment I met you. You've gone from zero to like 180 because now you even have toys. Right. You yep. had a Chucho. Chucho is one of your reoccurring characters. Mm-hmm. And if you guys know her, you've seen her Instagram, um, and you've seen this Chucho in different places. It went from the canvas. The wall to now there's a plush doll mm-hmm, and, and a vinyl. there's a vinyl doll mm-hmm. all right so tell us about chucho so chucho is this character that i created um and i i choose to paint him because he's a piñata and piñatas originated from china and when you hold them over the garden they were meant to be filled with seeds and broken and then so that way like seeds would spread and plants would grow and so I really liked the idea that through brokenness and like bad experiences comes growth um, and that's why he's my mascot because I feel like in life I've I've been through a lot of hard times and but that's what really brought me to this point and to be able to create what I create and do what I do is just uh, my the resilience that I've kind of built through all through all of it that's dope and if you guys in radio of course you guys can't see it but if you guys go to instagram you'll see it it'll be the dog wolf like character with the green the yellow the red and the blue head he's very colorful but i also know that you have a chucho gift for the phone right i do yeah yeah so he'll he's you can if you go if you put chucho on your iphone It'll come up with a gif and he's giving you the side eye or is he just looking back and forth? He's just being his mischievous self, looking back and forth. So is Chucho your alter ego? For sure. I feel like he's like a guy 
and people ask me like why I paint that but I feel like I don't know like I just I guess he represents like that side um I, I, he's like who I always wanted to be I guess so he's your <laughs> spirit animal yeah which yeah. is ironic because you also and I and we did a photo shoot where you were inside the chucho costume mm -hmm. and so for you to be inside your own spirit animal is pretty amazing what what are the things that chucho does that you can't do that, or that you're afraid to do oh my god well chucho first of all i created him so he's he can walk on all fours <laughs> he can stand up and sit down and i definitely can't i mean i guess i could walk on all fours but that's not you know what i like to do but i feel like he's i don't know i mean I think Chucho's just like he doesn't have any limits. Like he could do whatever, <laughs> whatever he wants, and uh, that's the way I want to live my life. If you were Chucho for a day, what would you? What would be the first thing you do? Damn, that's a really hard question. I don't know. I don't know. I guess. And is 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 Chucho ever gonna get a love interest? He's had multiple. Oh, okay. Actually. <laughs> Yeah, so like first there was a piñata who was like this donkey girl and he was like really in love with, or they were in love, you know, and they would hang out all the time. Um, but then he met Maria and so now he's kicking it with her. Um, so but, Chucho, you know, Chucho's doing better than most people that I know. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker's got everybody. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, and so let's go back because I know you're from San Diego and you're from Chula Vista and that's a town that's really close to the border. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things that you put out we know that you were a mexicana chicana uh -huh. but not all your art is just about your culture which is you know which is good because you can move through different venues and transcend through different avenues easily and i think that's chucho in itself like he can live anywhere because chucho's been in you know cityscapes chucho's been very political mm -hmm. chucho's been very angelic mm -hmm. sometimes he's hanging out with devils um <laughs> But some of your portrait work is amazing. And let's go Thank back you. to that. So you grew up there. Did you go to art school down there? No, I actually, I went to art school in the Bay Area. I moved to San Francisco when I was 17. And then I, that was a whole adventure. And I mean, I think that's part of why, I mean, it's part of the journey, right? So it's why I paint what I paint. I feel like it's all come into place and it's made me create what I create. That's amazingly crazy because it's like, I feel like since I've known you, there's been like a hustle mm -hmm. and, and you have that um, what soldiers have like that hundred yards there <laughs> where you're like, all right, this is cool, but I'm looking for, but yeah, like over there, like what's, what's over there. Mm -hmm. um, so you went from that um, and you went to our school in the Bay Area. Then you went back to San Diego or did you come straight to LA? I actually, I moved back to San Diego, then I moved to LA, then I got pregnant, <laughs> and then I moved back to San Diego, and then I think that's when I, when I started being really inspired to like really go hard with it, because it, I felt like my pregnancy kind of like just kicked me in a gear of like, I need to figure out like what I'm, what path I'm going to take my life down, and like this is my, like one, one shot, this is my one chance, and so... After that, I did. I moved to LA, and that's. I just went so hard because I was like, I need to at least test it out, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I need to at least give it my hundred percent to know the answer. You know. There's a hustle that comes from 
being a single parent. And I know that because I grew up in a single parent home. My mom、mm-hmm. would go from her job to LACC and then come home and do stuff. And so I know that her thing was like, you know, you got to do this and you got to get up and, and you got to do shit and you got to get going and no one's going to give you shit. So, like, there's、mm-hmm. this whole thing where, like, it's now a mission. Right. Like you got pregnant, you got a child, you got to hustle. And the hustle can't be just like half time, it has to be like all the time and shit. So,、totally. um, how old is your daughter now? She's five, she'll be six in January.、So、nice, nice.、Yeah. There you go. See, it's, it's take some time.、It、When、has. you came to LA, how old was she? She was, I think I moved here when she was like two, I want to say, because it's been like, yeah, like three years. So. Like two. So, from a solo show when she was two years old,、mm-hmm. when only five people showed up,、mm-hmm. to where you're at now and she's six, that's a huge leap. Definitely. You know,、yeah. stuff that you're doing, you, you know, you've been in different places. There's a lot of interviews I've seen you in. I mean, I kind of feel like sometimes you're everywhere. <laughs> so, how, how is it on a day to day to be an artist like that? Like, how do you feel you're, do you feel like you ever have time to do work that you really want to do, or are you just like catching up all the time? I mean, I feel like.、I'm, and that's a thing that all artists have to go through. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I never have enough time to do what I want to do. I have so many ideas that I never can, like, that I ever, like, find the time to do. But I'm, I always try to stay productive and I try to juggle it all. But I mean, it is, it is a lot. But I mean, I, I think that through, like, being a mom, it's given me the power to, like, Really like feel like I need, like, there's no like, okay, like, I'm tired, like, I'm just gonna chill. Like, it, like, that is my incentive to like just go as hard as possible because I don't, I feel like I don't have another choice and I'm okay with that. I love it, you know. So, if you guys hear an echo, it's because we're in Mr. B Baby's art,、oh, I guess, garage studio. What would this be called? Because there's paintings everywhere. And I've never seen so many spray cans in my life. <laughs> and I used to write, so I know. I guess this is just like my space. My, I don't, I guess my studio? <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck putting a car in here. Like, right, yeah, no. There's so many chuchos、no. everywhere, I feel like I'm being <laughs> stared at. What the, what's, the,、uh, what's the process? Do you start here? Do you get an idea somewhere else? Or do you come here specifically just to work on stuff? Um,. Generally, the way I work is I usually take a pencil and like a piece of paper and just sketch out very sloppy, like just ideas. And then from there, if like something really calls for my attention, then I will like go and paint it bigger. Or I mean, I could be smaller too on a canvas, but generally, that's how I like get my ideas is just like sketching, I guess, little thumbnails almost just to kind of figure out an idea for what I want to do. That's awesome. Um, so, one of the things that I know that when we shot in your previous apartment and then shooting in this house here, you have a lot of art on your walls.、Mm-hmm. And some of it is not yours.、Mm-hmm. And I know that you love masks. There's a lot of like, you know, and I used to collect these masks and I know that.、Um, tell me more about that. Like, what's your style at home? So, it's interesting because my style at home is like super, like, Latino vibes. Like, I just, I like Mexican masks and like paper mache and like the Dia de los Muertos, like little boxes. Like, all of that stuff is so inspiring to me. And I don't even take full credit for my art. Like, I feel like a lot of my art comes from like, or it's very inspired by those elements, you know? And 
I made that decision to kind of transition into the style that I have now because I I asked myself I was like what what would I want in my house like and so that's why I started painting all this colorful like whimsical like Mexican style type of stuff because that's what I'm drawn to like that's what I want around me so I felt what better than to create it and I've had like a collection of masks since I was like 17 and got my first place like my whole place was filled with the same masks I have on my wall today so so you I feel like you you hone a lot of the culturism and and the iconography of what it is to be a Chicana and Latina because you're also biracial am I right mm-hmm. so you're Chicana, you're Mexican and Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican as mm-hmm. well. So there's a mixture there and stuff. And I feel like since I've met you, it's always been like that's who I know you, who you are. And I feel like it bleeds a lot into the paintings. There's some that you do like when you do characters to people. Of course, that's going to look very different. Mm-hmm. But um, even that devil that I bought, it's like it's a devil, but it's put in the position of like what a saint would be put into mm-hmm. and then there's clouds everywhere and I remember that and I thought oh, that was so crazy I was looking at today because I put a little box where I have my cameras in there on top so I posted that up um, how hard was it and you know the things that you had to go through when you were in Chula Vista such a border towns have a have a really a hard stigma sometimes you know they're mm-hmm. either really bad towns or they're you know they're towns where people just come and go and it's not like something where anybody wants to live at how was it being a chicana puerto rican woman young woman in a town like that i mean i i can't say i had any bad experiences i mean of course of course i did you know we all do as like young like youth we make mistakes and stuff but i feel like where i lived it was almost like it was always so welcoming to me like as a mexican I, i will say that there was no puerto ricans at all so like that side of me i feel like there's still so much more to learn but i was surrounded by like latin people and so i just felt right at home so and how was it going from chula vista 17 years old in the bay area Did it was you- a it was a shock because i Where I grew up, it was, you know, like, houses, like, I, I never did the city life, so I just got smacked, like, thrown into the middle of the city, and it was the Tenderloin, which, Dang. for anyone familiar, is, like, the hood of the Bay Area, or of San Francisco, and um, I just remember, like, I, I got my apartment, I got my keys, I was so excited, and I had to, like, skip over, like, people who were just, like, laying on the floor, like, with needles in their arms type of thing, and so I learned a lot really fast like just about I mean it, it kind of taught me like the evils of the world in a way like and I had to like learn to be careful <laughs> and I I feel like um, I'm grateful for that experience because it, it taught me so much about in, in such a short period of time you know I you know the tenderloins is an experience in itself mm-hmm. I remember years ago I had a photo shoot And I was working with this person and we had to go and do some stuff at a building and it was a, a non-profit sort of commercial um, and it was the first place that <laughs> I was pulling equipment from a van and this guy was like I'm gonna take a dump right now oh my god and right here and right here was maybe less than six feet away from me oh my god. but what really struck me was that he was <laughs> taking a dump on top of a fork 
<laughs> that to me was like if i was him i'd be like why don't you just use that fork or like maybe you can take that fork for later like somehow oh he was like gosh. yo i'm gonna take a dump here and i'm gonna take it on top of this fork. <laughs> and then i remember just trying to pull this yeah. equipment out and was like this is just taking the shit and i looked over and then he was looking at me like what fool like mm-hmm. i'm taking this and i was like yeah he's right because mm-hmm. he, he is taking the shit and i'm the one that's <laughs> looking so I, I was like what the fuck it was just a yeah. weird experience but it's like the wild west out there yeah i've had some crazy experiences like and you can't even be mad at half these people because a lot of these people have like mental illnesses and stuff so yeah. you just kind of I mean, just like chop it up is what it is and just keep it keep we were it interviewing going. veterans in the building we were interviewing people who had been you know who had problems and had gone through all the stuff and society kind of just pushed them aside and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know there's a reason why the tendon on it the way it is and in some ways these people couldn't live anywhere else so exactly. this is where they could live and so I think it's like mm-hmm. It, it's a it's a good place but then bad things happen because there's oh, always yeah. people like in people in skid row who are like exploiting these people and so i think i mean right drug dealers will go wherever the need is at and fuck everything up so and as a woman it was just scary to live out there because there was like so many like sexual predators as a matter of fact like megan's law is a website where you could like go and see like the sex offenders that live around you and it actually tells you all their offenses and stuff and as a 17-year-old girl, like, I found out about that website, and I'm so thankful I did because it, like, alerted me of all these people that I, that lived on my block that I was, like, cool and friendly with that had all these offenses, and so then I learned to keep my distance. People that I could would have never dreamt that would have the offenses that they had because I was able to read what they did, and so I just kind of was like, okay. Um, but that website was so helpful. Like, I'm so glad that I discovered that because it really, and it, it was like, you know, it was like a Christmas tree. Like it lit up like a Christmas tree. My whole block, there was just so many sex offenders like that lived right below me. And I was a 17 year old little girl. Like it was, it was interesting. I'll just say that. <laughs> like it was a learning experience. So did you go through any, um, really weird microaggressions? Or like a little bit of racism when you were there with, you know, your teachers. And sometimes they see this little, you know, girl coming from Chula Vista, a town they probably don't even know where it's at. And, you know, you're coming to this big city and learning art. Did you feel like there was maybe sometimes tensions or things that were said to you where you were like, oh, shit, like, that's racist, but I'm just going to move along? Yeah, to be honest, there was a teacher that I did have that was extremely racist. He was a, I remember he was a Bush supporter, like loud and proud about it. And um, I don't like not only racist, but he also made like very like sexual comments towards me. And I just he's like the one that stands out. But I mean, I feel like for the most part, like all my teachers besides him, I had like a I don't want to say a good experience, but. I mean, I did for for a lot. A lot of my teachers were great, you know, but I did have like really not so good ones. Um, not that they weren't good, but they they just kind of like with art school, it's like there is a right and a wrong. And in art, in my belief, I don't think that that's true. I think that you know, like expression is like like very personal. Like you do your own thing. But in art school, they kind of teach you like, no, that's wrong. Like no, you don't you don't do it that way. And I feel like it took away a lot of the fun of painting and as a matter of fact when I left art school I was so shattered and destroyed not only because I had so many classmates that were doing it the quote-unquote right way and I felt like 
I wasn't achieving the same look because I feel like I always just had this style kind of like, you know, no matter how hard I tried to not have it, it just kind of followed me. And so it was just uh, like I was always told that my stuff or I felt like my stuff was not good. And I was told that by multiple teachers, actually. And so um, once I left art school, I was very uninspired. Like I totally was like, fuck this. Like I'm never going to make uh, living as an artist like and so I chose a whole different route and it wasn't until I got really 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 depressed that my art just like sucked me back in because it was the therapy like that I needed where to were get you heading out. where were you heading where was your art going it was going nowhere but it what were you stopped. doing that what was the other path that um, you chose? so I, I started teaching I mean and I was I was teaching art so I was still you know um doing art but it was it was for like kindergartners, you know, it's not yeah. like I was like doing anything that like I felt like I, my skill level could do. So you and would then, have just been a teacher and not that a teacher is anything wrong. That's oh, a no, no, great no. profession for people. Absolutely. And they do God's work because I mean, a lot of the parents know now that teachers are so important because we're in right. COVID and they have right. to fucking deal Absolutely. with their own kids. But what you know, what if you would have followed that path and not done this? Well, the interesting thing is, you know, so I, I was a teacher and um I just knew that I wasn't a good teacher, not because I didn't like love the kids and like love their stories. And I, I mean, I tried to go out of my way to like, to be there for the kids that I felt like needed the most, like the most troubled kids. I, I made it a point that to like, really like get to know them type of thing. Um, whereas everybody else dismisses them. And I know being a teacher is like, it's just so stressful and there's so much to juggle and you just feel like you're a mom of like all these kids and you just want to make sure that they're doing good so it's such a it's so hard but i was just too selfish for that to be honest because all i wanted to do while i was there i was just thinking about how i can't wait to get home and make my own stuff and that's when i knew like my mind was wandering and it wasn't meant for me so now that you chose a different path yeah and you look at your work are you doing the things that their teachers told you that was the wrong way absolutely <laughs> oh, fuck that <laughs> fuck them that's it i mean i feel i feel like when i went to art school and mm -hmm. i did a whole series of photographs of this um of the art that people paint on liquor stores mm. especially latino liquor stores you know mm -hmm. how for some reason they don't get the banners that have like what's on sale they have like leche little, yeah. they have like a I love ajax and it's some it's some kind of like a culture moniker mm -hmm. that like you know that that store is like a mom and pops mm -hmm. but it's like a latino or a mexican mom and pops totally. place because they'll have somebody paint a mural a whole fucking mural of, of all the products of hot cheetos <laughs> of all the shit that's inside totally. the store and you know they'll have like a, maybe a mural of like like a like a landscape of where they grew up and shit <laughs> with some lady like with tamales or something or carrying stuff mm -hmm. and and then somebody was like, yo, man, I don't think you're going to get into an art school like that. Like, nobody wants to see that shit. You know, why don't you do street art? And I was like, this is street art, fool. Like, just because it's not the thing that you think is cool. Right. Doesn't right. mean that it doesn't mean something. Totally. Which is ironic because that's exactly how I got into like that and another series about like taking back our jobs and immigrant stuff. I right. got in because that's, those are the shit that I wanted to talk about. I didn't mm -hmm. want to do, you know, street art that had nothing to do with me. Street art is amazing, but... If I don't relate to it, it doesn't it doesn't have any meaning. Right. You know, art's only subjective in a way where like if it doesn't mean shit to you, then you move on to the next thing. Totally. You know, so I think when mm -hmm. people look at your art, they're like, Well, that's not for me. That's cool. There's millions of other people that love this shit and they'll right. love to buy it. 
you know that's what i learned that's what i've learned is that you know like there's so many opinions and like you can't please anyone no matter how hard you try like it could whatever you do people aren't gonna like it and that's okay and so like i feel like part of becoming like or getting to where i'm at is like to really accept that because i feel like i've I've always considered myself a very sensitive person. Like I was always scared to show my art because I didn't want people to not like it. I didn't want to share too much about my life because I didn't want people to judge me. But I've finally come to like this place of peace where I'm okay with people not liking me or my art or if I'm not for them, if it's not their taste, that's totally fine. And you know, my art is like kind of like childlike, like some people don't like that like some people like more serious things like that's totally okay like i mean but, that may be true in some ways but i think in other ways i feel like there's so many there's like hidden meanings that when you right. look at it you're like fuck like mm-hmm. like somebody sat down and thought about this and it's methodical in some ways like true to itself being this alter ego this other character who doesn't follow your rules mm-hmm. and in a way he's disrupting the painting and so now you're like there's a different narrative on top of the narrative that you see mm-hmm. you know there may be all these little dolls here and all this little stuff that you do but then chucho's like this thing where like haha cabrones yeah like i'm here to fuck <laughs> shit up and so it, there, there's like a i think as somebody who's seen these paintings evolve and evolve i think i'm i'm not an expert on mr b baby but i feel <laughs> like i've seen enough to know that chucho is is that linchpin of shit yeah i mean i didn't even do it on purpose but like i knew i had something when i realized like i could literally like do anything i wanted with him like i could make him the president or i could i I could do anything like anything like i could shape him into whatever i want like so that's why i like him i'm fucking waiting for my chucho corteses (laughs) That's the goal. I the goal. I want some Chucho Nike Corteses. I need I need to. Make you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> like I think some Chucho Nike Corteses and a Chucho bomber jacket, mm-hmm. and I'll be fucking happy. <laughs> um, and if you ever get a contract with Nike, you owe me a pair of Chucho Nike. Oh, Nike, if you're listening, you. get this woman on your shit. So <laughs> those will sell like hotcakes. They're coming out with a Day of the Dead um, Nike series. I I heard about Air that. Max and the uh-huh. Dunks and the other one. Yeah, yeah. and the Blazes. Yeah, so they're. The blazes just look like white and have like a little miracle, but that's it. I mean, that's very simple and nice, but then the other ones are very colorful. I'm waiting for some, mm-hmm. you know, some fucking chucho that Cortezes. Would be so That'd be the shit. I need those. I've seen you with all kinds of Cortezes, and I think yeah. I've even seen some Cortezes around here that have like more paint than walls. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's the shit right there. That's pretty much all I wear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what are the things that you miss about being down there in, in, the, in San Diego? that you can get over here food wise because i know that you know we don't have a we're not in a food desert here in la we have all kinds of fucking Mm -hmm. food but what's the thing that you're like every time you want to eat something you're like fuck but that's back over there at home for sure like the like mariscos like but mexican style like fish tacos and stuff like i do not eat la fish tacos like i just there's never been a place i mean i don't know maybe i could be proved wrong but so far like nothing compares to you're telling me the fish tacos in chula vista are are bomb more bomb than anything that you've had here oh yeah for sure like by far (laughs) i mean i know that i had a bomb a bomb ass fucking lobster in ensenada and i've had lobster here and i'm like all right that's cool and i had to make my own lobster to be Mm -hmm. like okay but there was something about going to ensenada some food came in a boat some guy in the grill 
there was no restaurant it was like from Ooh. the boat to the fucking grill and here you go motherfucker mm-hmm. boom done yeah i don't know what it is about chula vista or the san diego or just like i guess like further down south but i mean i guess it's probably just it's closer to mexico but like the food is fucking amazing like i can't do mexican food out here i'll just say that oh that's yeah. a bold statement so what is the what do you like from la what food do you, would you go to, to the lengths to i love like asian food um like japanese <clears throat> i love sushi and i mean i don't know i feel like i like indian food too there's all kinds of stuff i like there's a best indian food place not it it's rolling heights so i don't know if it's considered la but it's still i mean la la the way that i see it la is from long beach all the way yeah. to you know the east as further pomona i i mean the valley all that too that's la county so yeah we're all but that indian food like i've never tasted anything as fucking amazing as that in my life <laughs> it's so good what's your jam what's your favorite thing to get down on me- mexican food I just, I really like seafood. Like, I like, like, fish tacos and, like, tostada de ceviche and just, I, I don't know. I'm just a, sea, I'm a seafood type of person, so. What about Indian food? Um, I like the chicken tiki masala and then they have, I think it's, like, called paneer. I don't know. I don't want to say it because I'm going to say it wrong. But it's, like, this, these cheese cubes and in a sauce. It's so bomb. It's we'll, so good. we'll get the name of that. And then, <laughs> uh, as far as Japanese restaurants, where do you, where do you go? Uh, there's like a couple by my house, and I honestly can't tell you what they're called. I don't, little, I can't think of it. In Little Tokyo? No, like right here by my house. Oh, dang. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because you're right in the border, so you, yeah. you'd be living close to. Uh, you're in one side, you've got Boyle Heights in East LA, and then the other side, you have almost Montebello and mm-hmm. what's the next one, Alhambra, yep. and so forth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. And uh, let's say when you go somewhere else, like, I know that I know your aesthetic and your style. Mm-hmm. So, what happens when you go places? You went to Japan, right? I've never been to Japan. Oh, no. what, where's, where did you go? Do you went to. I went to Australia. You went to Australia. That's what I yeah. went. Sorry. I'm, I'm all. I got my little islands confused. So you went to Australia. Uh-huh. How did you stick out there? Well, it was interesting because I feel like I legit felt like I was like the only like Mexican chick out there. <laughs> but it was cool because I mean everybody still really liked like what I was making in my art, even though it's like Maria dolls and the chucho and it's all like cultural. Like, but they I guess it it was like so new to them that they were like so hyped. E- explain on it. what a um, oh, sorry. My bad. Yeah, do you, you want to pop the other one? We're popping, uh, we're popping cans, y'all. Uh, she's got a michelada, and I got a, a club margarita. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. That's good. Um, explain to people who don't know mm-hmm. what a Maria doll is. So, they're just little like rag dolls that you are commonly found in Mexico, and I. I just I don't know like ever since I was a little girl I was obsessed with them just because maybe it was like the only doll that I looked at that I could see myself in so I I just love mainly most of them are made by indigena women right Mm -hmm. and so I think they they're very simple their eyes are like like I don't know like oval black right with little trencitas they have like their little um ponytails or pigtails Mm -hmm. and they're always the pigtails are interwoven with other like lace and stuff so there's ribbons of different color and they always have a very traditional shirt and skirt Mm -hmm. which a lot of the indigenous women from mexico from guatemala from central america 
would wear. Mm -hmm. And so these dolls are sort of like the, they, I don't know, in some ways to me, they're like an icon of totally. the indigenous women, but they're sometimes, I also see them as like spiritual pieces mm -hmm. because they're, they're, they can't, they can be sp spooky and they can be angelic, but there's a duality that every Maria doll has. that's kind right. of different. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been, I, I was just, I always loved Maria. I don't know why, but so, but I, I want to, what I'm trying to do with her now is just kind of uh, like do a modern version of Maria. That's kind of what I try to throw, like I give her little modern elements in my paintings just because I feel like she's representative of, of all of us, you know? I think it sort of reminds me of this group of muralists from Oaxaca mm -hmm. and I can never say their names right, but they're two dudes. And they did a whole show at City Hall. And one of the pieces that I have in my room is like, is an indigenous woman with uh, Adidas shell toes. Oh, and it was funny because it was, it's like a very modernized, but still very indigenous version of a Maria. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, being from Central America and, and being in Guatemala and seeing these women, it kind of spoke to me in a certain way. What do you think is the future of where you're going? So you you do sketches. You were even doing tattoos, right, for a, mm -hmm. for a bit. You were tattooing big murals. Yeah. I I'm sitting around in front of me are two huge panels, uh -huh. and there's also like a big big canvas with Chucho in an American Gothic style. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then I'm sitting next to a painting that looks like cotton candy and fucking dulce <laughs> and you want to lick it and then i see paper machete on the side mm -hmm. so what what's the evolution where are we going now we got plush dolls we got vinyl dolls i'm just trying to keep like growing and developing my style i mean and the real like goal like i just want to make chucho like almost like um like a, like you know how Walt Disney did Mickey like he, it's a brand like people identify with it but I want to do that but like for like Latin people so like I feel like I want to push it as hard as I can I don't know where it's gonna end up but like in my head I'm thinking there's gonna be a theme park <laughs> it's just gonna blow up but I don't know I I don't know what's gonna happen but in my head that's that's the plan that's the goal. I mean, it may sound funny, but then, I mean, I'm sure that when Walt was like, hey, I need a loan to put a park together. Yeah, I feel like there's and nothing. And the mouse is going to be walking around and people are like, hey, ain't nobody trying to hang out with no mouse. Yeah. And like now, look at it now. Um, the other thing, too, is what, I mean, what is the art world? Because I know that there's, how hard is it for you to kind of get there? Because gatekeepers will always try to keep people out and promote the same stupid art. And a lot of the shit is like a lot of man-centric and oh, dudes and, and, you know, there's a lot of old white men making the decisions, even though a lot of women work in the art world and they're trying to push for other artists. See, I feel like for me, I've just kind of tried to not worry about that. Not like I feel like a lot of artists like try to get into these things that are like cool and it, like I don't I've never cared about that. Like I'm just in my like I, I'm creating my own lane in a sense, like I'm not trying to do one thing like. For instance, like right now I'm carving a candle, I'm painting little wooden figure toys. Like for me, it's not just like, I'm not focusing just on murals or just on canvas gallery work. I'm just kind of, I am just like expressing myself in every way that I can. And 
like and just seeing that things come from it but there's not like I don't have a target per se and so I feel like like I've almost like attracted like everything that's good that's happened all the connections I've made like they kind of just found me and so it's been it's been cool not to worry about that because I at the end of the day like all I ever wanted to do was just lock myself in my studio and create paint little cartoons and I don't care about anything else besides that <laughs> I mean I think that's also a good way to look at it because the art work is really hard to get into it's, I, oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of times like they'll love certain things and There's then they'll so push politics. the shit out of that until it becomes like you know it becomes like you can see it at the 99 cent store mm -hmm. and it's like it's ridiculous and I think there was a whole point where like when I remember Shipper Ferry was becoming pretty famous and then I saw Shipper Ferry everywhere and I even yep. like I went up to Chico with my girlfriend mm -hmm. and there was like a store in Chico that had like a whole Shepherd Ferry mural mm -hmm. and I'm like well this motherfucker's everywhere yeah maybe it's a good thing maybe it's played out like who knows but like I don't like to me that art doesn't attract me anymore because you know it's almost I always see the same thing over and over again right and so in order for you to be an artist I feel like you got to keep being progressive and you got to keep changing your style so when do you let go of certain things and when do you keep that consistent wave of like it's still the same character you know but something new but more fresh i mean how hard is that i mean i think it's been actually really easy because he's a character like i said that can like sit stand on all fours so like i feel like with that there's like so many things that he can do and i i feel like in a way like i am trying to get in your brain and make you see him so many times like i it's like advertising tactics so like i i am i am doing that <laughs> um but at the same time like i feel like i'm inspired so much by like my culture and other like not just even that just i my like i used to paint all these characters like before i got into the style that i get into and I feel like my ideas and my brains like that I never have like I never have a moment where I'm like Jesus I just don't know what to paint like my they is just always like there's always like too much information like I don't know what to paint because there's too many good ideas type of thing so I feel um I don't know I mean I feel like I just use a bunch of elements to not make it boring like because I I'm always like either changing the color scheme or you know like adding new elements and introducing new characters like I, I never want it to get boring so I and I'm very aware that if you paint the same character like it definitely can get that way but um I mean and, and the more that I paint the more that I do this like the more I see like my style like evolving and changing and I I that's so important to me to always keep evolving like I never want it to be the same I'll, I love your work because sometimes I feel like you can go from like a really f fantasy based and you know childlike sort of aspect to like a very super hyper realistic way like when you did that alligator mm -hmm. and the butterfly and I remember what else on that painting but I remember you, you painting like watching you paint the scales on the alligator and thinking like that's a very like I, I can I feel like I can touch the scales and feel mm -hmm. like that's the the shape of this alligator's body um and then, you know, looking at some of the face stuff that you've done, it's so realistic and so intense. And then the Chucha stuff is, like, very mischievous mm -hmm. and almost like a fantasy. But 
it could be a good dream or a bad <laughs> bad dream. Right. But you know, it's 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 fairly interesting. I've also seen you post painting when you're painting and you're sketching with your daughter. Mm-hmm. Has she gotten the bug? Um, well, it's been yeah, like she's obsessed with painting. She always tells me that that's what she wants to do, and it's been really cool because. Like, just to see her paint. Like, to be honest, her artwork inspires me. Sometimes she paints things, and I'm like, oh, my God, let me have that. And she's like, no, like, it's mine. <laughs> but I I just take a picture of it because I'm like, I'm going to recreate this. Like, I'm going to be a copycat and just, like, copy her thing. But, like, you know, make it mine or whatever. But she inspires a lot, a lot of stuff. Like, because a kid's mind is so pure, and it's just so, it's interesting. Like They're not limited. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just so cool to see what she makes, and it just trips me out. So you would be okay if she turned around and said, "Mama, I wanna, I wanna paint. I wanna be an artist." You know how hard this shit is, <laughs> and you know how hard you hustle. Would you say yes? You should be a painter. I mean, I wouldn't advise anyone to do this. However, if you want to do it, <laughs> I would definitely like. You're like, be don't supportive. fucking do this. I'd be supportive. Like, if she, if that's what she really wanted to do, I'd be like, all right, you know, like, you can do whatever you want. Because that's, like, my thing. Like, I feel like my mom was, like, such a strong woman, and she taught me that. Like, that whatever I wanted in life, like, it was attainable, and I could achieve it as long as I worked hard and committed and was uh, consistent. And so it's not ideal. Like, I, it would kind of hurt my heart a little bit if she said that, because I know the challenges that come with it, but I would be very supportive. Like, whatever she wants to do, I'm all for it, as long as she's happy. I feel like if my daughter or my son would be like, yo, you want, I, we want to be photographers, I'd be like, no, motherfucker. <laughs> you want to be broke, that's what you want to be. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I always have a camera with me. Mm-hmm. Since you've met me, I've always had a camera with me. Mm-hmm. I go anywhere and i have a camera with me i have three cameras right now i have a camera in my car that i always have ready but i love doing this and i you know i make money off of it but i don't you know i'm not where i want to be with it right but that's on my own terms mm-hmm. but i know how hard it was for me to get here oh yeah and so i would say to them i'd be like be a fucking dentist man because then you mm-hmm. can just buy a camera and fuck around whenever you want yeah but at the same time like i have like this whole theory i guess like just like because I've I almost like aside from being a teacher I almost got another like government job that was gonna pay me really well and I turned it down because I just was like you know what's more important than like the final destination or whatever is just like the journey so like if I'm gonna be doing something like I mean respect to like dentists and whoever like all those jobs that's amazing if that's your passion if that's what you love if that's what you really want to do yeah if it's just something you do for money then i then that's a really sad existence like to do something you and wake up and have to do it every day it's like a nightmare like a bad dream that you're just stuck in like i would rather not have that much money and be doing what i want and have every day be an adventure and have every day be new and interesting and to live life because we only our time is so limited like so wh- like why would i no at a certain point i mean and we're living it now at a certain point like in covid right now where like all the little shit that we used to worry about doesn't matter anymore. Like, I don't need to be pleasing anybody because I ain't seeing anybody. I'm here at right. home and I'm doing the shit that I want to do. Mm-hmm. But there was a, there was a point in my life where I was living off of the commission checks, mm-hmm. not my month, my weekly paychecks. I was living off of my commission checks, mm-hmm. and the whole time I was fucking miserable. And I would be like, I hope they fire me today. 
Mm. I hope they fire me today. Mm-hmm. I hope they fire me today. Mm-hmm. And I was just being honest every time they would ask me questions, thinking that someone was going to get offended. You know, instead I got like, oh, I like your refreshed look on things. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> man. Like, what am I going to say? I'm like, do I have to like scare some white people in the office for them to like fire me and be like, oh, angry brown guy. <laughs> but it was the kind of shit where I was like, I was fucking miserable. And then I left that job and I went to work somewhere else for less money. But I felt like at least I had some kind of freedom to do some of the shit that I wanted to do. And then I was like, all right, if I'm going to take this job that doesn't pay that much, I'm going to do all the shit I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn how to do this. I'm going to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn how to podcast. I'm going to learn how to do everything. And I did it. Yeah, there's no amount of money that like, like that gives you back like your time. like Or like it bas- it's like basically like selling your soul. Like to just like basically give up everything that you are like everything you know like everything that's screaming inside you like to the things that you want to do that you put off because you have to be somewhere to make that money like there's nothing more sad than that to me so i just i just for me like with my daughter like we were talking about like i i just want her whatever it is i want it to be like like a like a fire like i want it like like a spark inside her that she just like that she needs to go chase you know like for me that's why that's why i did this you know it was was hard but i was so determined because i love to do this and i realized you know like since it did help me out through my depression it helped me so much that i was like why it's when it clicked like why wouldn't i do this you know like why am i not doing this like this is what i want to do and so i decided to give myself the gift and try and just you know i mean you have nothing like if you fail, then you, you can fail. just go back to the exactly. shit you were doing before. Exactly. And, and I feel like a lot of times it's like you have to just kind of like, you know, you're on that roller coaster and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to let go. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to enjoy the ride. Because it's like in a it's way, like, I can't control certain things. You know, right. everybody was like, hustle, bustle, hustle. Oh, no, you got to do this. You got to do that. And now we're all home. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where you at, motherfucker? We're all home. So, like, do the things that you always wanted to do. I mean, I bought a trumpet. I got a violin. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not trying, to do, I'm trying to do all the shit that I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about learning another language and I'm just like fucking doing yeah. shit. And it's like, these are the things that like, to me, it's like, when I go back to work, at least I'll take these skills with me. The yeah. one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to go back to work and be like, fuck, I hate this place. I hate everybody here. I'm so you know? terrified. I don't want to be that guy. I'm so scared that I'm going to, that that's going to happen. But like, I like, but then there's the other side of me that's like, no, that's never going to happen because you're so terrified of that, that you're never going to let that happen. Here's a good thing. Fear will make Absolutely. you do shit where you're like, oh, fuck, I can't, I don't have any other choice. I'm afraid to go back over there. I'm going to do this. Because oh, yeah. yeah. my last job was like, I remember how the last, day, the last day I quit, I was like, I was living in and out of motel rooms and my car was going to get towed. And I was begging the my boss. I was like, hey, like, we were expected to stay an hour after class and clean. And so I made it a point that day to clean while I was teaching. And I told her, I was like, hey, you know, everything's clean. Can I go? My car's going to get towed. You know, like basically like my whole month's like money is going to like to get my car out. And I, I had my lap. I had everything in that car. And so I was like, I got to go. Like, please. I was like, I was really having like a panic attack. And she was just like, I'll let you go um, a little bit early. Um but I looked at the clock and it was like two minutes before I was actually supposed to be dismissed. And she like looked at me and was like, okay, honey, you could leave. Like, she's like, see, I let you leave a little early. And it was uh, literally two minutes and she made me scrub the floor. I don't know. That was like a changing moment in my life where I was like, fuck that. No, like I'm not like I'm like, I'm not going to let 
people just like treat me like that and it's like they're not even what are they even giving me like it's not worth it it's not yeah. it just wasn't worth it to me i was like yeah there, there's a point where you're like you leave a place and you're always like upset right and you're like you know how much how much would it cost for me not to feel like this again right and i mean and you know what sucked about that job too is i remember i had moved to la i was doing my art thing and i remember there would be days where i would get a job that was like a one-day job that i would be getting paid a, a really good lump sum like probably what i made in like a month and a half at the job that i was at and i would oh, call shit. and i would be like hey i really gotta do this tomorrow like and they would be like nope sorry and i'd be like i'm literally selling my soul because it's like what am i gonna do come to work tomorrow knowing i just lost out on all this money exactly but like just to not get fired like it was just like i was so miserable you know and i think that's where you have to see your worth like um lately i've been working on stuff where i'm like i make the decisions and i can call and Mm -hmm. say hey this is what i want to do and i don't have anybody telling me like no like and so I'm like, look, you make the decision. Do you want me to work on this with you? Do you want me to do? And, and it's like, it works out. But I feel like I've taken a stance where like, look, if this doesn't work out, I can always do this. And I keep moving on to the next job and the next job and the right. next job. And I think like, I have this thing where like, I now have a little bit more power than I had before. Where before I had to answer to somebody and they would always constantly tell me how things were going to be. And I was like, well, that's really a dumb way of doing shit. Mm-hmm. Um... But I feel like one of the things that I have understood really well from I've understood really well from uh, having parents do certain things and reach a certain goal is that you're most likely to reach a higher goal. Mm-hmm. So if your parents, me coming from a single parent, went to college, I most likely would go to college. Mm-hmm. And so that's the cycle that. Interesting. A lot of us had to break. Right. Some of us, being first-generation American, Latinos, mm-hmm. Mexicanos, Central American, South Americans, Asian, Black, being first-generation in this country, and we went to college and we actually graduated from college, we just broke the cycle. Mm-hmm. And if our parents went to college while we were growing up, most of us were most likely able to go to college. Mm-hmm. It was a thing that you had to fucking do. Mm-hmm. So if you succeed in this game and you're doing it like you're doing it now it might be a thing where your daughter is most likely to succeed in that game too mm-hmm. it's all about a thing like it's a ladder right I, I and agree. other cultures got it and latinos and chicanos we, we we're not getting it yet it's a ladder it's not like i get up and i push you down right no i get up one level i bring you up and yeah. then i go up another level and then i bring you up mm-hmm. and then we go up there and then then we're going to bring other people up and then you're going to bring people up and then the person behind you is going to bring we got to we got to do this ladder thing we got to bring others each other up and so i think if I agree. if you're doing this your daughter is most likely to succeed in what even if she doesn't do painting anymore she's most Whatever likely to succeed cuz you right. hustled right i mean and that's what that's what i that's what i hope and wish for because like my mom was such an inspiration to me because she uh, was born in puerto rico and she went to college and she like broke out of like the poverty um like cycle and helped her family out out of it too and so my mom's just like so like she's my inspo like in all like to know that she and she's always taught me like as a woman like to never rely on anyone just yourself and she taught me that you know like anything is possible and so that's what that's what i want to be that's what i want to teach my daughter and that that is the greatest gift right you know there's a lot of things that we need to teach children that 
people don't get yet. One is gender doesn't mean you do this job or that job. Oh, yeah. Two is like, don't teach girls to dress a certain way so boys won't attack them. Let's not, mm-hmm. let's teach boys not to attack exactly. women. Exactly. But let's also teach people, men and women, boys and girls, not to depend on other people. Right. At any, like- at any given time, you need to take care of yourself. And I feel like, you know, I mean, a lot of people, it's like instant gratification, like the era of instant gratification, right? And so, like, a lot of people just get mad because, like, they feel like they're entitled to things. And so, like, I feel, and I used to be that way, too. I remember growing up, I used to, like, see people doing, like, the mural thing or whatever, and I just used to be envious. And I'd be like, oh, like, their stuff isn't even that good. Like, that's lame that they got. But then now, like, that I'm in my position, I kind of just was, like, stop focusing on what everybody else is doing and just um focus on how how are you gonna climb up the ladder like stop worrying about what everybody else is doing like how are you gonna keep like how are you gonna do it and i started to instead of finding like jealousy and envy i actually found inspiration out of like all these people like that i was like you know what if they can do it i can do it and so i feel like with all that like i've I've been able to to get to to the point that I'm at so it's it's yeah <laughs> I think when we start worrying about other people and we start just focusing on ourselves that it's like now we don't have anybody to blame oh, I didn't get this because of that person or oh, I didn't get that because of this and that's so important or, or, I used to always play the blame game yeah and you can't it's do easy. that it's easy to do but that. it's a trap exactly it's a trap that we make ourselves and like you know that's one thing that I, that I always want to make people understand. Like, I'm not worried about you. Right. I got to be worried about me. Mm-hmm. And I got to do Once this. Once you realize that? Yeah. This is what I got to do. Like, mm-hmm. if you're doing that and you made it, I'm like, big ups to you. I was reading Roy Choi's book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Roy Choi, you know, when I was working at the camera store, like, he came and bought a camera from me. And he was a cool guy. We had a conversation and stuff like that. And, you know, he was sleeping on somebody's couch. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about how, in his book, he was talking about how he saw his parents and he saw other families put money together and do all these things. Mm. And they all hustle to start stores and do stuff and here and there. And he was living in someone's couch and he got this idea. Mm-hmm. And he, I guess he just got recently fired from one of the hotels he was working in, in the, in the you know kitchen. And he's like, what if I do my own shit? Mm-hmm. And to see him now, like, interact with his trucks and his restaurants. I mean, the truck leaders, he speaks to them in Spanish. He's, he's, he got to a point where he's like, I'm not going to be envious of anybody. Let's all do this. Let's help everybody out. And he doesn't treat people like, oh, you work for me. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of like, you know, you got your responsibilities. This truck is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when he talks to them, he talks to them in a way where, like, you have part ownership in this, like even though you're not getting all the profits, but you're getting paid better than most people are getting paid in the lunch truck. And that's the thing. It's like, I want to, I wish that Latinos would get together and do these pots where they're like, let's all put our money together and do this and that. And then everybody kind of succeed. But, you know, everybody just, they're worried about what the other person's got, or who's got this, or who's got that. And it's like, we can't do this, you know. And how is it that, a Puerto Rican mom was okay with you being an artist. Because, you know, moms are like, they want you to get a job where you got, like, health insurance. and Right. You know what's interesting is, like, I, it's actually, it doesn't make sense to me because my mom's such a logical person. But, 
even when I tried to go a different route and get a job that I was actually going to get paid like over $100,000 a year, I got the job and I turned it down because I wasn't going to just let this dry up. Like I, I felt that powerful about it. And it also helped that my mom was in my ear being telling me that she's like, I've been there. Like, don't take that job. Like you, you got to do your art. She pushed me to do it. Like she always wanted to see this and i think part of it is because she was an artist and this is like her dream that she never got to pursue so like she kind of like living through me a little yeah. bit. yeah you know i mean but this is not a hobby anymore yeah no this shit's absolutely like everywhere. right yeah. Yeah. yeah it really has to be a hustle like every day like how you know latina mom single parent right you're out there you got a truck you're like fucking hustling you got the baby Mm-hmm. You got murals to make. You got paintings to make. You you know you got like commissions and shit like that. Like, what is it that every day you're just like fuck? Let's do this. I mean, I take it like one step at a time. Like, I I get overwhelmed if I think about it too much. But I think for me, like, what keeps me just like pushing is just like, first of all, like art is therapy to me. Like, I'm like this is what if even if I wasn't getting paid to do this like this is what i would be doing so it's like a beautiful thing that i'm able to do this and actually make a living out of it so i just feel blessed every day and it's like i get to paint whatever i want to paint like there's it's not like i have to paint like some it's whatever comes out of my head and people like it and that's amazing so like i'm so lucky and i mean what why wouldn't you want to get out of bed and do that like it's amazing so you know know, like so i'm happy to to do it and it's crazy because you know when I first started painting, like, I had this, you know, battle because I used to be very depressed and very pessimistic. I mean, I still have a little bit of that in me, but I, I fought it off for the most part. But I used to tell myself, like, um, that being an artist was just very egotistical. Like, it's just like, what what was the point? Like, there's not really, like, a point besides just, like, being like, this is me, like, look at it type of thing. And that's why I didn't pursue it for so long because I didn't see the purpose, like, the greater reason behind it but it's been so interesting like to see in my journey that like my art has like actually like inspired like i've been told by like a lot of like women and even men you know like that it's like helped them like and that i motivate them to like want to like pursue it and so like that's amazing to hear like that just right there that just makes me want to like keep doing it because i i never really would have thought that anyone would ever even call me inspirational because i've been kind of a wreck my whole life so it's been it's been crazy i I mean i don't think any artist has ever considered themselves as perfect like oh i got this handled i'm perfectly (laughs) fine picasso you know Andy warhol you know people like all the greats you know like you Mm -hmm. know uh cheech marine owns art Mm -hmm. that has been made by neurotic insecure crazy funny sad people mm-hmm. and you know i one of my great heroes gronk you know he he will ask me you know like he's he's an amazing artist but he also like there's there's parts of his artwork that are very not only vulnerable but like very sensitive and i see it in his work i feel like artists are we're all tortured souls yeah. trying to escape reality <laughs> That's you know what like it is. <laughs> i take pictures and my girlfriend is like oh my god those are great and i'm just like oh what what's wrong with it like yeah. right away, I'm like, oh no, something's wrong. And, everybody, oh, yeah, yeah, and then absolutely. people are like, oh my God, I love that picture. Can I put it on my wall? And I'm like, no, I don't yeah. want people to see that. Like, I used to be like that too. But I feel like a lot of the the, the content that's being made nowadays by the younger group, they don't have any fear. And they're mm-hmm. just fucking making it. 
And like, if anything, like, yeah, you can learn from your older people, but you need to learn from the other people that are the younger ones that are mm -hmm. just like doing this shit. Like mm -hmm. throughout this whole COVID and, you know, BLM recognizing and with all this stuff that's been happening with everybody, especially with the police brutality, I feel like the younger generation has no fucking fear. Right. You know, they're out there marching, they're out there protesting, mm -hmm. they're getting hit by fucking totally. rubber bullets and shit like that. And I am super proud of that. Absolutely. But I think we need to learn from that. Like, we oh, need to I take agree. a cue from the younger, the old, everybody. Mm -hmm. like, you can learn from everybody. And I, you know, I'm not sure that that everything we need to do has to be one way or the other. And that's mm -hmm. the thing that I learned from them. Uh, has your art been influenced by anything that's been happening lately? I mean, I feel like it It always is. Like, um, my art, like, I never really say, not that I don't say direct messages, because I do sometimes, but I feel like my art is just about, um, it's a lot about growth and, like, going through things and, like, negative experiences and, like, using those as, like, your fuel and your fire instead of using it as, like, a negative thing. Um, I feel like in my life, like, there's been, I've had so many bad experiences that I could just, like, be defeated and, like, just not want to go on anymore but i feel like i've i've been able to like take the power back and use those to grow and so like i use a lot of like growing um like elements i guess in my artwork and so and i and i feel like it has a lot to do with like what's going on right now in the world and just not like just everything like my experiences other people's experiences just and that's that's just a message i want to send like you know like through it all like there's good that comes of bad like there's always like like you got to find the the positives and the negatives you know let me ask you one question how how have you survived COVID? my art just by completely distracting myself <laughs> what, what do you what do you miss about the free world where you can go and touch stuff and smell stuff and people could touch your face I mean, to be honest, I never really went out. So, like, I literally am just living the same life. But I do miss, like, not having to wear a store. Or, I mean, a mask when I go to the store, you know? Oh, okay. Um, or, like, being able to hang out with my friends without being like, are you sure you don't have got COVID, bitch? You know? <laughs> so, like, that stuff. It's funny, but, too, because it's like nowadays, it's like, you know, when people would be like, oh, wear a condom, you know, don't get AIDS, you know, are you clean? Like a girl would ask you, like when right. you first start dating, are you clean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like now the thing is like, yo, <laughs> yo are you negative? You yeah, can't come to my house yeah, if you're not negative. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and so like mm -hmm. getting tested every week, somebody's like, yo, when was the last time you got tested? Damn. And I'm like, bitch, <laughs> we're just walking down the street, motherfucker. Like, we, we're trying to like hug. So you know, like my friend is like, yo, man, if you're going to come to my house, you got to tell me. You know, I'm like, I'm negative. I got to show. Like, now you got to show your phone is like your identification. Like, mm -hmm. yo, yo, I'm legal. Look, look at me. I'm <laughs> negative. I can come in your that house. Is so true. Um, let me ask you, let me, let's do the, the lightning round. I'm going to say words and you tell me what you think when I say those words, okay? Okay. Hoop earrings. Maria, I don't know why I just think of that. <laughs> Do you wear them? I wear hoop earrings all the time, and I put I put them on Maria. So like when I think of hoops, I just picture her wearing them. So do you wear the big bamboo ones, or do you wear the thin oh, metal ones with the, all of them? You got all, all of them. them. I and got the, the whole collection. And the bigger the hoop, the what? The bigger the the heart. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought you were gonna say attitude. <laughs> Nike Cortez. Uh, me. I just think of me because that's what I wear all the time. 
Is that I, self-centered? <laughs> I just had a sad moment two days ago. I had to throw out my Nikes, and in the back of them, there was a stitching that said Los Angeles. Aww. What happened is I was, like, spray-painting something, and I was doing a nice set of, like, chairs and table in the back, and somehow I stepped in something, and it got all gushy in the bottom. And I couldn't. It was just, like, a mm. mess of paint, and I was, like... It was one of those things where you're, like, after they have so much paint on it, you're, like, you got to give it up, you know? They totally. started to smell weird. It smelled like... I have a yeah. lot of those yeah. that I should give up, but they're so, still riding with me. <laughs> but I couldn't take them in the house or do anything with oh, them because they were no. all sticky and stuff. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, you got to go. And it was the sad thing because as I threw them in the trash, there was like, I could hear a sad song being played in the background. <laughs> like that, like the Hulk TV show back in the 70s. It's just like, boom. as they fell down, I was like, no. Oh. But I kept a little metal tag that says Cortez 72. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard. You know, you've been through so much with them. <laughs> all right. Um. Uh, Tajin. Uh, michelada. Is tajin like the unofficial official spice of brown people? Like, For sure. Do you have some in your purse? Do you carry it in your I car? I have what? some in my car, in my purse, in my cabinet. I have like 20 bottles in my cabinets because I'm always like, oh, I don't have tajin, but then I, I do. I, I think it's I some conscious shit because like, I carried it in my car before. Oh, yeah. Because I would go places and people wouldn't have that. Yeah. yeah, and back in the day, like white people didn't know what it was. Now white people are like, oh, shit, like... Like, you bomb. got some tahini, yeah, definitely. It's like grown up Lucas. Do you like Lucas candies? I that was gonna be the next one, Lucas yeah, candies, yeah. yeah. Lucas is the shit. I love it. I love all Mexican the, candies. Right? The little syringe, tamarindo. Syringe one? Yeah, like you know, you gotta squeeze it Ooh, and it comes okay, out. Yeah. It's almost like play doh, like that play doh shit. Oh, the pelon pelon. Yeah, yeah, I think that's go. what it's called. Ooh, I love that there shit. You go. It's so good. Uh, pinto beans or black beans? Cause you you have half. You Puerto Rican, you oh, man. pinto beans, black beans. Damn, that's hard. I think uh, I'd probably say black beans. Damn, that's right, yeah. black beans. I, I mean, <laughs> to my Mexican family, because half of my family is Mexican. I, I pinto beans are cool, but black beans are the shit, man. They're the shit, yeah. especially with like some platanos, oh, like fuck. Ooh, white rice. Just put mm -hmm. them on top of white rice. Tortillas or bolillos? Tortillas. Ah, that's yeah. a different one. Okay. Yeah. I was expecting bolillos because of the Puerto Rican but yeah. tortillas. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get I it. I just love like I love like well, there's multiple like the flour and the corn. I like I, I don't know. I guess I just had I went to Puerto Nuevo and I had like the homemade flour tortillas. Where, where's Puerto Nuevo? In Rosarito, Baja California. Yeah. All right. Uh, Walter Mercado. But I just remember my grandma watching that shit all right. like all the time. You know, she would always watch it. I remember my mom would watch it and she would tell me to shut the fuck up every time I was trying to say something to her because she was like, Walter's talking. And you would wait, she would wait for her fucking uh, sign to come up and be like, Leo. And it'd be like, something, something. Don't be talking too much or some shit like that. You know, he'd always have like that, like that, the kind of shit your grandma would like. Oh, he said not to say all this bullshit. And then, what was the last one? I think that was it. I think that's all I have. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Of course. It was great. It was awesome to have you talk and tell us about... I had no idea about piñatas and their oh, history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know they were Chinese, mm -hmm. but this is pretty amazing. I think they're all, we're all interconnected. Mm -hmm. I was having yeah. a conversation with somebody about Puerto Ricans and Filipinos, and there's so many connections within that. So uh, I'm glad that you kind of put that all together. Yeah. Uh, so what's next? Is there a show? Something coming up? Oh my god! So there's definitely a show in December um, at E Cook's Gallery. Where's that at? It's on um, 
oh gosh, this is terrible that I don't know, but it's I think it's in Fairfax, Melrose, nice. something like that. Like, is it going to be virtual or people are actually going to be able to get in? People are going to get in, but Dang. it's going to be um, appointment only. It's going to be like limited. Like there's only so many people allowed and then uh, you get a certain amount of time to be in there and then it rotates. If you want to come back in, you can get back in line and wait and come back in. But Dang. I mean, that's just the way it works with COVID, unfortunately. But So you're going to have your, your own Disneyland amusement park ride. Oh, yeah. Art show. It's happening. Where like you come in for a little while and then la verga. You got to get back yep. in the line. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's awesome that you have that. That's amazing in the time of COVID that at least, you know, you have your own show. Right. Is it just you by yourself? It's just me. Yeah, it's going to be a solo How many pieces? Show. I mean, I literally just got told uh, like a week or two ago. So, and it's not that long or not that far away. So as many as I can pump out, I'm going, Damn. I'm going to go hard till from now till then. So that is fucking awesome. Okay. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so thanks for coming in. Guys, got to check her out. She's on Instagram. She's on... Are you on TikTok, too? You're doing the TikTok stuff? I do have a TikTok, but I'm terrible at it. Okay, you're not dancing on that shit? I'm just too... I think I'm just too old for that stuff. But, I mean, I'm I'm trying to get with the times. Are you doing that shit where you throw your shoe up and you... I, did, I just did a bunch of stuff with my Chucho mascot. Costume okay, cool. I tried to throw a shoe up in the air, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't able. <laughs> I wasn't able to wear like high heels or a skirt, so I kind of fucked up on that one. Yeah, I. Yeah. I need to. I'll take. I'll take my TikTok will take off but, eventually. But she's on eventually. Instagram, guys. Check her out. You have a website. I do. What's your website? It's mrbbabyart.com. <laughs> Check out her work. Buy her stuff. Do you have any chuchos left? Do you have any any toys left? I don't at the moment, Dang. but they will be making a comeback. The I had a limited run of like the smile now now cry later ones. Like those won't be coming back, but there will be something new in store. And Nikes, if you're listening to us, sponsor me. Sponsor her. We want some fucking chucho Corteses. You can't believe all these brown people will buy that shit. Oh yeah. You want that brown money? <laughs> you can get it. You should just, do it. Just got to do it right. All right. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Also follow us on Instagram. Leave a like, leave a comment, tell a friend, share our stories. And remember, if you don't see color, you don't see beauty. <laughs>